We're up, we're live with the JR board, with the James Richardson, Derry and Ruth and Rob, the people that went almost first. You didn't quite go first, but you were the first one-to-one -one clients who went, oh, what's this Alex on about? We'll follow her, see if she wants to put us together and we'll see what happens. So you have a, you have a badge in this community for being old. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you vintage, you vintage group, you. So, um, welcome to the podcast. I feel quite honoured to have you guys on the podcast. What was funny just before this, I was like, anyone on social media? And you guys are all pretty like, meh. Ruth, you do, you you do quite a lot on social media, in fairness. But everyone else was just a bit, nah. So the fact that there's some people watching right now is brilliant because you know you you're like the. I have it, you're the quiet ones that do property in the background. So very unsuspecting. So when people hear your story, they might be like, ooh, I didn't know they did that. Because it's a side hustle, isn't it, for you guys? You all work full time. You've all got, you know, prop, proper jobs. Ruth, I don't know, you run your own business. So, you know, it is a proper job, but it's like self-employed. You know, the rest are employed here. It's proper. And just for clarity, self-employed can be more hours than employed. I'd say it's probably double, but it's like, it's not, it's not what people think of as a proper job, is it? Because actually self-employed yeah. people work double, but everyone thinks we do fuck all. Like, no one knows what I do. They all, like, everyone in my family thinks I just sort of wander around cooking and talking to people and that's about it. So, you know, there's that whole world, isn't there, of being employed is responsible and being unemployed is just odd, with the odd ones. So welcome. And, uh, Thank you also for being on. It's for those listening, if you're not listening live, it's half past seven in the evening, which is not a time I normally like to do a podcast. It's not a time you guys like to be doing out anything. Bed. <laughs> out of bed. I think we're all kind of go to bed by nine types on this call, um, which I think is important to flag up, actually, because you guys get a shit ton done, have a big side hustle of a property company, and you get to bed by nine o'clock. And there's a lot of... There's a lot of stuff out there on social media, less so now, but a lot of stuff about, you know, graft and hustle and work 18 hours a day. And I just, I think it's really important to share a story where people are not doing dumb stuff like not sleeping. Um, so thanks for coming on. And um, why are you laughing, Rob? You've got a dad joke? Rob is the dad joke of the group. I'm waiting for them to come out. No, no, all, all out of dad jokes, I'm afraid. What? So, what I'd like to talk to you guys about tonight, especially because it's half seven, and normally we have two or three hours for a podcast, but blimey, half seven, half eight, half nine, half ten, it's not going to happen, is it? We're not going to be on till half ten at night. So what I want to do is a very brief history, and then I want to talk about what it's like now. I want to talk about money, property, your journeys, all of that. So I don't want to go too much into the history, because we could spend an hour doing that. So, um... Ha let's start like this. What got you all in to doing this together? Like, where were you at a few years ago when I phoned you up and went, I got this idea. Do you want to give it a go? Because that's really, in my remembering what happened, who wants to who wants to share? Rob? Yeah, I think I seem to remember you saying, oh, I'll come to my garden flat um, for cake and coffee. Might have a couple of friends there. And then you can't, when we were all in there, you kind of lock the door and then 
forced a pen in our hand and made us sign uh, signing papers to join as a company or something like that. <laughs> I don't think I was that clandestine about it. No, no. So uh, I'd um, I'd had some personal coaching from you for maybe a, a year or two uh, prior, mm. um, and showed an interesting property, and he just sort of said. No, you know, putting some guys and girls together um, to to look at look at doing it as a business and come and come and meet them. Really, I think was probably the conversation. Seem it seems it was like what six seven years ago. It wasn't very long ago at all, but it seems. Like I think it was five. Years. I don't think it was that long. I think you guys were two thousand and seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, seventeen. 17. All right, so six years. Yeah. So it's like a lifetime ago, but also just yesterday. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so so for me, um, I've also got my own property business. So I've got a couple of rentals and um and we are now JR Borders One as well. And still working, but dropping just so that people listening get an understanding yeah. of what you so you do you work in pest control. Yeah, so we have yes, working, working pest control, and uh, I'm now dropping down to three days a week. Yeah, um, so partially so I can um, spend some time with my our little boy who is uh, coming up to two, and also take care um, of just property stuff that needs needs mm -hmm. doing, but also to not have myself flogging myself to death on the weekend. You know, mm -hmm. Saturday, Sunday, I actually want to um, have some time. To, to like have a you know a social life and and do strange things like that that have seemed alien for for the last uh, couple of years. Mm, mm. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, because working full time, right? You've all been working full time, actually. So this has been, you know, it's been a big, it's been a big add-on. It's not like going to a yoga class once a week, is it? You know, doing property deals and searching things and looking at. I remember being sent the video on the WhatsApp group with Lee with his hand in a crack saying, I'm not going in this house until I know it's safe and all of that world. It, you know, it takes more than five minutes a week, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I like, to, I like to be busy. I like to be occupied. I'm not, I'm not someone that can just kind of sit around and twiddle my thumbs. So mm. I need something to pique my interest as well. So there's, there's always that at play. So. Mm. I might say, oh, my God, I was really busy doing X, Y, Z all weekend. But actually, it's like, that's the kind of stuff I enjoy. Mm. Yeah, cool. Ruth? Um, so you and I met networking years and years ago and kind mm. of kept in touch. And we both coached one another at various times, I think. And um, my husband and it's I were not on your shoulders. A lot of snot. I, I, I got very intimate with a lot of snot. Um, Alex, when I first knew her, didn't know how to do relationships. She now does relationships really well. but um, I didn't know how to do them just very, 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 very badly. If you wanted to know how not to do a relationship, I was the go-to person. And like all of us, and, and I think this is really relevant to people listening to this, like all of us, you were just playing out the patterns you knew, weren't you? So you just hadn't had the... I mean, you've done loads of work, but there were just patterns that were running. And um, so, yeah, so I was quite intimate with your snot. Um, and we occasionally talk properties because um, I'd read a book years ago and thought, because being self-employed, I never 
taken out a pension and I, I read a book on property and thought, oh, that's a good thing to do. So my husband and I bought three properties in a kind of no money down way. I'm not sure it's even legal these days. But... Oh, those were the days pre-2008 yeah. where you could do all sorts of fun Yeah, stuff. there was a bit of jigger, jiggery-pokery. But anyway, we had three properties and, um, oh no, we had four actually. Um, and they weren't going so well. I didn't manage them very well. I was a bit scared of money, if the truth be told. I was always worried about um, if something went wrong, would we have the money to repair it? We had some bad tenants. So it was all a bit of a mess, really. Um, so when Alex said, um, do you want to do look at this joint venturing thing? Um uh, two things, actually. On the one hand, definitely yes, because I was doing it badly and not enjoying doing it on my own. Um, and the other, on the other hand, and I think this was true for all of us, I wasn't sure what I had to bring to the table. Like, I remember in the early days, all of us were kind of going, oh, well, have I got enough to contribute? Have I got value at this table? <laughs> uh, which makes me laugh now. You know, now, now we're all such a contribution to one another. And um, I wouldn't be without these guys. But in the early days, it didn't feel like that. I was sitting down with complete strangers um, talking about starting a business with them. Um, and now and now they feel like family and would be uh, on the t on my top of my list of people. To, you know, I've, uh, with one or two other people in my life, they would be the people that I'd go to if I needed something. Mm. Mm, magic. Cool. And you were coaching then and you're coaching now, but things have changed. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I was I was coaching people outside one to one. I've been a well-being coach. I've, I've been a well-being coach through most of my coaching career. Um, I uh, founded a, an organization called Fresh Air Fridays, which is an outdoor coaching organization that takes people outside and helps them do the stuff that makes their life work. That organization still exists and uh, up and running, but I'm less involved now. And I predominantly work with parents who have a child with an eating disorder. So I support them uh, through their stuff to help their children recover. Hmm. Big stuff. And you've written a book about it? Yes, written a book about it. Um, yeah, long time ago now, but in a good way, in a, yeah. I just, I always think it's important to mention that because if someone's listening to this and goes, I need that in my life, first port of call is get your book, get on your website, get on your socials. Yeah, absolutely. There are a couple of ways to find out about who I am because I think it's really important with any coach. I think it's really important that you get one another because the coaching is that people have really different styles and I think there are two ways to get me one is to read the book because that's really raw it's it's the experience I had with our daughter um, and what we went through and what what I did to support her to recovery um, and the other thing I have a sub stack so um, I write uh, so if you subscribe to my sub stack look me up on sub stack um, and there's lots of stuff there if you want information on the subject of eating disorders i never knew you were on substack that's why i love doing a podcast yeah check out my substack yeah cool. yeah and i i mean substack's a great place to get lost 
Mm. Yeah, but there's some really, really good stuff on there, um, both mine and other people's. Mm. And um, what would you say was the main driver for getting into property? Was it not having a pension? I think that was why I started. Mm. Um, and it was why I started, I think. Uh, I knew that I wanted another income stream. Now I think it's more than that because I think there's something about being a contribution in the world. So it really matters to me. In fact, our builder said to us this week, we're, we're refurbing a property that we've had for a number of years. And our builder said to me, why didn't you just step? We're, we're moving, we're extending a kitchen. We're moving some bathrooms around with the tenants in. It's all quite challenging. Mm. Um, and the, the builder said to me, who's amazing and we've worked with a lot. Why didn't you just decorate it? And I said, because the property didn't work. Mm. And what matters to us in it is that we provide really good prop, really good quality property. So Yes, we could up the rent, we could decorate and we could up the rent, but basically the flow of the property didn't work for the people in it. And that's why we're spending money that we don't have to spend um, because it matters to us to do the right thing. Um, and I think landlords have a bad rap and which is why it's even more important when for people to come in and care about it and do it well. So, yeah, I, you can tell that I feel quite strongly about that. Mm, mm. yeah and it's huge and it and i yeah it's the one it's it's the one that you bought that was ready tenanted right so it's like when do you do it and you you guys always knew you'd have to do it at some point and we're now at that point <laughs> it's like oh my god and at the same time you can't kick everyone out and go i'll go find somewhere else to live so it's yeah but um sure and i and i believe that in the long run, when we be like that as landlords, we win. Like everyone wins. Our tenants win. We win. The houses work. The valuations work. The rental works. We don't get voids. We don't get issues. We have, you know, the, the just like when a house works for the people living in it, then especially in an HMO, a house with multiple occupancy, then the tenants who are already dealing with life is stressful aren't dealing with a stressful house as well. So then they get on better. And like, you know, that keeps spiraling out that everyone's happy so it you know it's i think it's a really i think it's a really important piece in people's property businesses that people who don't deal with that miss a big trick yeah. um, because it just works it makes sense and it, it and it works financially and i don't think any of you or i or any of my groups do it to get more money and it is a byproduct of when our houses work we do get more money but it's like everyone gets better don't they because the tenants also have better housing so then they have a better mindset when they go to their day job. So they probably earn more money. And it just the whole thing, you know, spirals out, doesn't it? When we're looking for property, when we're kind of searching right move for like, there's nothing that winds me up more than a bad refurb. Like, give me a house that's dilapidated. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm, I'm open to buying a property that's been done well. But the truth is, there are people out there flipping properties and they're just they've just cut so many corners that mm. if you're buying as a landlord, you just know that in a few years time, I'm just going to be dealing with that. Just mm. don't do it to me. Just, just give me the property without doing anything than do it badly. Well, you mean, you mean like just decorating it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Decorating it, but not dealing with the electrics that are 25 years old. 
Yeah. And the plumbing and the rising damp and you know who you are out there. Yeah, that's, that's the worst thing as well. These people know they're doing it. It's just like, don't do that because then we've got to rip out perfectly good decoration to put electrics in that. Oh, oh don't get me started. Don't yes. get me started. <laughs> Fucking hell. hell. I think the um, I think the positive thing as well, looking at that, is that it brings stability both to the tenants because you know they know they've got a nicer place to live in. Yeah that they're well looked after and they're often keen to commit to staying for longer, which is also great, obviously, for the for the owners and, you know, the landlord because they've got less void periods or they've got less less tenants they need to find, you know, and switch around all the time. So it's a, you know, it's a win-win. So if you keep, uh, keep the tenants happy and give them a great place to live in, yeah. then it just works all around. Yeah. And we've got a core of really long-term tenants, haven't we? So we, the, because an HMO has some churn around the edges because in of the theory nature. but less yeah. now i mean yeah. mine's, i've had guys there for years yeah that's that's the other thing i think is if you think oh well people will only be there a few months so it doesn't really matter but the reality is now hmos people are staying like that's that you know it, they're they're almost like i i think of them as self-created families you know they're like lots of separate people living together in a home which effectively creates a family so if you don't make it homely so that they can live you know have their own space but also interact you know that's that's devastating to mental health and people's ability to function so it's just on every level it's important isn't it one of one of my favorite threads is we got because we've got whatsapp groups for all the houses and one of them is always talking about what what they baked for one another and that i really like that you, yeah. you kind of know the atmosphere in that house is good Mm. yeah you know it's working right it's awesome mm. Derry speaking of HMOs you came to live in one of mine and that's how we met and I always forget that until we do something like this I'm like oh my god yeah back 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 then yeah so that was back eight years ago this year so it's yeah. soon going to be our, our, our eighth anniversary Alex um mm. Yeah, so I left um, Dundalk is where I was living in Ireland, on the border with the north. And then I came over to Wales, uh, basically because I'd ended a relationship when I was just starting from scratch. And I found a room in Alex's HMO in Pontypridd, which is a beautifully done eight-bedroom house that, like we were just saying, it just works. Mm. And that house gave me so much in terms of just a base to call home. Um, because what I found... When I was looking there, there was a lot available, but not a lot of places that I'd actually choose to live. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to take on a place all by myself. I wanted to be in a nice house if I was going to share. And just having that sort of environment to be with really gave me, I think, a great foundation or springboard to creating a life in Wales. Mm -hmm. And then also, um, I knew kind of through just our brief conversations that you were doing property. I didn't know anything more than that. And there were a few times that I popped down and got a free cup of tea and some free advice. And I think <laughs> I still have a free copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad somewhere in my bookcase over there. Awesome. And uh, yeah, that's that's where it all started for mm. me, property and building kind of what we started to build today. Mm. Mm. Awesome. And your day job is an optometrist. Have I got that right in the speaking of it? Yes. Yes. Um, um, and you've moved around quite a bit as well, right? So Ponty, Merthyr, up to North Wales, you've moved once yeah, or twice. So, 
from Ireland moved to Wales and I was in the in Merthyr Tydfil for two years. Mm. Then up north in Wales in a, a shop for a year. Then four years doing domiciliary, so out on the road testing people who can't get to the optician, so we see them at home. And then most recently, I'm based in Wigan, and I work in a practice there now, and I've been here since October. So yeah, mm. settling in well. So I've moved around a little bit for different reasons, but um, it's always given me something good when I've moved. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to note that as well, for people listening as well, that, you know, Ruth, you're not far away from me in South Wales, but Rob, you're in Hereford. Derry, you're up in North Wales. And James, you're in Bristol, which leads us nicely into James. James. So it's like, you know, you guys are spread out as well, you know, so it, it's uh, it's a long distant relationship and you're still together, which you know, <laughs> it makes a difference as well, doesn't it? You know, you're not all on the doorstep. Like it's amazing. I think what's amazing to me and especially since COVID is no, is a really realizing how much stuff we can do remotely. And yes, we need to go to the properties, but actually there's a lot done from, you know, laptops with fingers and telephones rather than visiting james the spreadsheet guy (laughs) and and in my head james legacy richardson because that's what we're building in your head the james richardson because there's now another james richardson in the community i like how you got straight in there on the whatsapp group today when we added the other james richardson I wondered if he was on there. I couldn't see. I could only see numbers because I've got his number. So I could just see I think he is, numbers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think he is. Brutal. He knows his place. Brutal. Oh. <laughs> well, how long has he been around? Like 20 months? Not 20 years. No, September. Not even. Just, just done Money Mastermind. Five, five months in, James. Five months to your six years. He's still in kindergarten. Or a nursery. Yeah. Cool. Um, IT by day, Samba by well, night. In the current environment, I tend to tell people I work in Tesco's rather than for an energy firm in collections, which is really trying to get people I love to pay it's their not bills. just an energy company, it's the collections department of an energy <laughs> company. You're like, you, it, and you're a landlord. You are literally yeah. the scum of the scum of the earth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. And yet, such a nice guy. Such a nice guy. Because that's what happens is I go to work and a lot of people sit around and try and figure out how to screw people for as much money as possible. You you know, you don't. (laughs) Honestly, like the things people come up with. It's like I used to work in a bank and like, oh, bank (laughs) care. It's like there's thousands and thousands of people work for a bank, for banks. And... 99% 99% of them are not the ones that caused the financial crisis. Mm. Mm. So there you go. Um, yes. So it was a bit of a fluke, actually, meeting up with these guys because I sent you a text the evening before you were all meeting and uh, went to bed and then woke up to a message saying, oh, can you come across today at two o'clock? And it was like, well... I'm about to go to work. So I raced into work, went in early, said, do you mind if I leave early? And they said, a bit of notice would be nice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, turned up and met all of these guys and a couple of others who have since either not joined or left. Um, Ruth, we'd met once before, haven't we? 
like briefly at yours, Alex, for New Year's once. Yeah, because we've known each other for 20 years now, I think. Mm -hmm. One of my yeah. oldest friends, in that mm -hmm. sense, back in the day in the Yes group. Mm -hmm. That's where we first met, wasn't it? It's been, yes. a, it's been a long ride. Mm -hmm. mm. It's not a lot in the scheme of things, though, is it? If you're planning to be snowboarding when you're 140. We've got a lot of time left, James. 98 years, mate. 98 years left to rock it. All good. All good in the hood. And um, what got you in? What were you? What was it that you went? Yeah, I'll give it a go. Well, well, so you and I had a brief chat once, about, like one to one, about like things that you could do with property or I mm. could do with property potentially. Um, and I didn't do that, um, but I got my own place not long after, um, I think. And um, yeah, and um, yeah, it was just like it was just timing, really, because I messaged it, it was that message to you that said, "Oh, I'm ready to have that chat," and literally the next day, <laughs> within a matter of hours. I love it. I love although it. I didn't know what it was about, because you're like, "Oh yeah, come across two o'clock. Can you make it?" And I'm like, mm. "Who are all these jokers?" And here we are, six, <laughs> years, we are. <laughs> six years on, and the best of friends. It is mad. I do love doing a review like this of like, oh, back in those, I don't know, I kind of forget all of that stuff, don't we? We forget where we came from and what we were doing at the time. And, and it was a bit of a dance. <laughs> there was this, like, because the way I remember it, and the guys all correct me if I'm wrong but like we there was this insecurity about are we each contributing enough and then at various stages different people were kind of oh I don't know where this is working shall I leave and and obviously we've set up legal agreements so it's it's a legal entity and we we so can't leave so we can't but but we've we've really laid out how we need to be in a formal sense for one another um, and now, and and in the our first bank account, I don't know whether we needed two or three signatures, but we were so we didn't know one another, so we like everything was belt and braces. And now, because of James being our spreadsheet man and being so um, rigorous risk and rigorous, rigorous—that's a good term. Um, you know, we take care of everything, and like now we all sign off on anything and it just the whole dynamic now, now ruth spends money with wild abandon when <laughs> she was reined in to start with <laughs> something like that it's worth it though james yeah what i love though is that if james says it's okay everyone's like fuck it if james says it's fine it's all good without even probably checking so it the irony, I'm, I'm aware as you're all talking, I'm like, wow, this is how the scams get set up, isn't it? It's like, James, are you playing a long game? You like came in with like rigor and detail and the risk averse. And, and that, I've always questioned that because you're like this adventurer who goes skydiving and jumping out of planes and all this stuff. And then, but you're the risk averse guy in the group. I'm like, is he actually, is he going to, you know, one morning we're all going to wake up and James is fucking gone. He's now living in wherever it is people go and live, Panama or somewhere where there's no extradition and the bank account's empty because we, we took off all of the 
checks and balances to make sure no one ripped each other off. It's, you know, who knows? Folks, we'll be back in five yeah. years with an update. <laughs> There's no money in the bank for me to take. And James, one, and James will be on James English's podcast called Anything Goes. And I'll be on this podcast with the guys that left. <laughs> Sorry, James. Yeah. Go on. Um, so, so I'd say the other thing is like, um, so you say spreadsheets, but it's actually detail, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. And, and you say about, um, if it's okay with James, like literally, that is what Owen said at one point. Because when we started it up, and with talks about like the legal agreements and stuff, we read we read like the shareholder agreement and the articles of association, and had a call with a a solicitor to say, "What does all this legalese actually mean?" Um, and Owen said, "Well, if you've done that, I don't need to. So good enough for me." Mm. And Ruth, to her credit as well, was also on that call. Mm. And and she also said, and, and if we ever get this far, then we've screwed something up badly because we shouldn't need it. Well, that's the idea, right? It's a safety yeah. net. It's you know we and you know and I've screwed up badly as well, right? It's like we've all we're all fucked if we have to use the shareholders' agreement to you know unwind things, you know. But it's and it's there if that happens, you know. So it's important. It's the it's the balance, isn't it? It's the dance of actually. It was interesting how you put that then, Ruth. You know that like putting all that stuff in place but now actually it's all fine and and actually what I heard when you said that was a lot of people go into a JV a bit like when people fall in love and it's all rose tinted glasses and none of that stuff gets done and it's all like yay we're all in love and it's going to be great forever and it'll be fine and fuck it whatever do a load of stuff and then fall out and then have nothing to fall back on and I think that's you know it's that having that um prenup <laughs> Having a prenup, folks, is where it's at. Yeah, having a <laughs> having a prenup, it just works. I, I think there's something really important <laughs> that it might be easy for you to miss out, though, Alex. So you've taught us really well in that we've done all this due diligence and we've we've got the legalities in place. But I think what what's really made this work is having a coach in it because when we have struggled in some way so there's been some breakdown or some misunderstanding or somebody feeling something uncomfortable having an environment in which we're supported to explore that means that any one of us can bring anything i'm speaking to my, for myself but i think the others feel the same can bring anything can say anything and i i wouldn't anybody listening to this podcast yeah you can go off and you can set up a joint venture on your own but having Alex not involved in it and but holding the space and standing outside and getting us to communicate effectively with one another and seeing things from a different perspective that has been worth its weight in gold and I can't my my husband's my husband's really cynical about all sorts of stuff. And we were walking the other day and he, he said, oh, this thing Alex has done, it's really good, isn't it? And when it you told me that, I was like, <laughs> of all the fucking praise I could ever dream to have, that was not praise I ever expected to hear. I thought I would like, I was just like, I'm done. I'm finished. If Gareth has rubber stamped this. I'm fucking good. I know I need no praise from anyone else ever because if Gareth says it's good, it's fucking good. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I, just, 
think it's really important for people listening to know that one of the reasons we've done the work is because you've been there to support us in doing we've done the work we've created the relationships but it's been instigated by your support and space thank you and uh, yeah and thank you for saying that and uh it means a lot when i i get that i really get that and for people listening it doesn't have to be me but i think the key thing to underline as well is have a facilitator slash coach that's not involved. I think that's the important thing to caps lock and underline is that, and maybe people don't always understand that because I say, oh, one of my JV groups. It's like, it's one of my JV groups in that I coach you guys. Like I have no interest in the company. I have no ownership in the company. You pay me for coaching, that's it. Your decisions are your own. And I think that there is something very important that, you know, having that like coach, facilitator, non-exec director, whatever you want to call it, people listening who are going, how the fuck do I create that? You know, like right now, because if someone came to me right now and said, can you coach us? I'd be like, no, you've got to come through my program and da 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 da. It's like, you don't, it doesn't have to be me, but it needs to be someone who understands people, you know, can coach people and can hold a space. Um, and also I think the other thing to add to that is you guys are all unbelievably coachable. Like you're prepared to stay in the space even if you're upset and the other, you know, so I like, I can be the best coach in the world, but if you guys weren't prepared to hang out in an awkward or uncomfortable or upsetting space, I'd make no difference. So that's the other thing. It, 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 it works both ways, right? Because you guys have said we are committed to going through the hard conversations and, 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 and working everything out until it's really worked out. Like nothing's ever left, you know, undone. I think that's important to say. So it's both, right? It's like having a facilitator works and all the people being involved are prepared to deal with their own shit. Because actually that's the biggest thing that gets in the way of all of us. A bit like we started the podcast with me saying my relationship shit show. It's like, and I was dogged in going after it and going, I'm fucking doing it again. What do I do? How do I do it? And if people listening to this aren't prepared to deal with themselves, it, no coach in the world's going to do anything because it's actually you guys take yourselves on and you notice when you've got a pattern running and you notice when you're triggered to use 2023 term and you deal with that. You don't blame someone else because you're triggered. You go, oh, hmm, this is interesting. And you've done the work on your childhoods, right? It's like, it's really important to say that. This isn't just about property. This is you guys have done the work on who are you? What are your lives? What upsets you? How do you stop that upsetting you and all the rest of it? Um, which again, I think is, I think that's really important for people to get this, you know, it's not about property. It's about you guys as individuals. I kind of wink people about the property stuff and then we talk about everything else except property. I think we used to joke that it was 90% sort your shit out and 10% we'd squeeze in property at the end of the day. Wouldn't we? Yeah. If we had a chance we'd, you know, do a half hour chat about anything that was needed because the thing that's interesting to me about property that I think people don't realise is property is actually really easy. And I'm interested to know what you guys think about that now. I don't think you would have thought that before. But my opinion is that property is actually really easy. It's very black and white. And it's the people that get we get in the way. How, how would you say that is for you now versus back then? Now that you know what to do. James? Or now that I know that they know what to do, because you said about doing stuff virtually, 
and not going. Yeah. Um, yeah, you are one of the ones that's outraged if you have to visit a property. You're like, ah. what's, the, what's the point? You know, and I don't say I, I don't I say that because like that's not where I can contribute. Like, yeah. um, so I joke about like Ruth choosing cushions, but like actually she's deciding what walls to knock down and all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, I could chip in if I was there. We went and I could chip in, but I haven't really got any thoughts on what's better one way or the other. I've got thoughts on how much money you spend doing it. <laughs> how much? I'd love to be there when you go through the receipts, James. What? How did the last one come in? Because you, so actually, let, this is important because people are like, oh, how many properties they got? Because everyone always, uh, it's the first question anyone asks me, do you guys find that? How many properties you've got? It's like, doesn't fucking mean anything, by the way. If you're listening to this going, oh, I wonder how many properties they've got. It doesn't mean shit. How much profit are you making is a better question for anyone out there who meets a property person. Ask them how much profit they're making. Way more powerful question. Because I know lots of people with many properties who aren't making any money. Um, so how many HMOs do you guys have now? Three or four? We've got three. Three HMOs and a single let. HMOs and a single let, and you you just finished the third one, you're on for the next one, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and you're in what I consider to be the bit where it suddenly goes faster as well, I think, is the important thing to say. So you deal with 15, 20 tenants and a refurb. Like, the last house, I, I don't even feel like... I was going to visit it out of curiosity because I like seeing houses being refurb, but I didn't. We barely spoke about it. You got it done. It's tenanted. And it was fairly... I'm going to say fairly simple. Oh, now it's, it's all yeah, yeah. Maybe you and I could visit it one day, Alex. Maybe we could. That'd be good, wouldn't it? We could show an interest. We could we could feign interest, James. We can make out like we're interested in property. Um, I think the um the one the one uh, interesting thing I'd like to go back on actually talking about, um, and Ruth said about you know having coaching and you in the background, is you know we've only been together sort of five six years, and you know our knowledge of property and dealing with builders and tenants etc you know is the upward curve has been huge and we're still learning all the way and then you look at the moment what's going on the six nations is going on you know guys and girls that are at the peak of their like class in terms of rugby you know these 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 are elite athletes they've all got a coach you know there's there's we've had um football all sorts of sports you know the people that are right at the top of the game I've always got someone in the background, someone to rely on, someone to tell them, you know, where they could improve themselves, you know, show where they're going wrong, things like that. So I think that's a really important thing to remember. It's not just like people who think, you know, they need fixing or they really don't know what they're doing. Oh, my God, I've got to get a coach. It's like, no, no, no. Lots of people have a coach and that, um, you know, that support network. So I think that's a valuable thing to add. Mm. And and coaching for, I used to personally get coaching when I was in breakdown, and I remember when it switched to coaching for expansion, not coaching to fix another broken down relationship. And it was and it was only a couple because I obviously well not obviously I have coaching too. I have a coach that I work with every week, and you know I, I really do believe that coaches need to do that. I think any coach who coaches who doesn't have a coach, it's like you're missing a trick, and. 
I remember about a year ago, because you guys all know my coach, Lucy, and I was kind of like, no, I'm good. I, you know, I've got my year planned. Why? I don't think I need another 40 sessions. And she went, because I book them 40 sessions at a time, for those that don't know. So I have every week and we, you know, do a year. And I used to smash through 40 sessions in 40 weeks because I didn't used to believe in taking any time off. Whereas now I, you know, I, I let the 40 sessions span over the year. I have a few weeks off a year where I don't have coaching. And um, I remember that switch and I was like, I don't think I need anything. There's nothing wrong. And then she was like, let's try some expansion then, shall we? Let's try something new. Let's, let's not talk about breakdown all the time. And uh, fuck me, it's the best thing I've ever done. You know, that whole, it just, I can, and I cannot, I think, I don't know about you guys, I think most people come into coaching or therapy or some, or some piece of work because of breakdown. It's usually what, you know, being on our knees and our life not working is usually a good reason to get into therapy or coaching and spend a bit of money. But doing it like you're talking about, Rob, and that's what's made me kind of go, oh yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And I know this stuff, but hearing it like that was like, oh yeah, really successful people do have coaching, not because they're in breakdown. And it does, it works, right? It's just a different, it's a different, it's a different phase, I suppose, isn't it? Of the coaching relationship, that expansion. It, I see the ripple effect um, going down to our tenants as well. So at the moment, there's, um, there's a new chap in one of our properties and there's a little bit of tension because the way he's being isn't, is different to the way everybody else is being. And so there's a conversation we'll have in the next day or so um but actually what we have learned through our coaching as a group now enables us to have those kinds of conversations to give our tenants responsibility mm -hmm. um and, and that is a really something that i really enjoy in the filter down effect um that us learning to communicate effectively allows us to support other people to communicate effectively mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've started to ponder recently in my business. Um, and you guys are one of the groups that I ponder about because I had this idea that and it just it, linking into this conversation about actually coaching just works, you know, through breakdown and also into expansion. So I had this idea that I'd work with groups for three to five years and then off they trot because they'd be done. We wouldn't need anything anymore. And then you guys all kept growing and taking on bigger you know, games and working on businesses and having, you know, other things. And then and no, no one was leaving. I was having this problem. Like no one, no one's going, no one's going anywhere. So I've got people wanting to come in and then no one, no one's going anywhere. So this whole, this whole world of expansion. And um, I've lost my train of thought. Bear with. Oh, good as well it was a question for you it'll come back it'll come back to me you had, a, um, you had an idea for your business and you kept everything kept expanding numbers wise yeah no it's gone it's all right it'll come back in a second um so yes no that was it so i had an idea that it was all about the money and it was all about like People get financially free. So this is the paradox, right? And I'm not, I'm never quite sure whether to tell. I'm saying it on a podcast now, so people will hear it. But <laughs> there's, there's this kind of thing, including myself, that I sort of thought, I'll get financially free and it'll solve all my problems. Well, I got financially free and had the biggest fucking quarter-life crisis of my life so far, as 
some <laughs> James and Ruth certainly know. And um, so what's interesting to me now is this paradox of the journey of financial freedom gets us to a place where we don't need financial freedom, is my opinion, when it's really working. Because when we work on our dreams, like you guys all are, you are getting the financial freedom bit, but you're no longer sort of doing it to escape a job that you hate and go and, you know, drink margaritas on the beach. Not that any of you would do that, but, you know, you insert whatever you would do. Because actually the thing that you would do is whatever the projects you would do, which means you're full into whatever you're doing. And it's this paradox of you have to go through the journey to get to the end of the journey and go, the journey was kind of unnecessary because I don't need the money. Like, I'm not saying we don't need the money and we don't want the money. The money's great and freeing up our time is amazing. But there's this paradox that I'm seeing in people like your group and the, and the other groups that have been going a while, whereby when you figure out what you really want to spend your life doing on the planet, the money stuff becomes kind of arbitrary because you just earn money doing what you love. But to earn money doing what you love, you have to go on this journey to free up your time from possibly something that you don't particularly enjoy. And it might not, you know, I don't think any of you hate your jobs, quote unquote, but there's a whole world of like, Rob, you're probably not going to stay in what you do forever, right? Same with Derry, same with James. You're going to do other stuff. But building alongside the financial freedom, the space and the headspace to plan the dream that you want to do and how you want to spend your life makes that financial freedom less relative. And I wonder what you guys think about that. It sounds like you've given a synopsis of uh, that Paolo Coelho book. Um, the one with all, oh, what's it called? The Alchemist. Has everyone read that? I was just thinking about, I feel like I have read that and I couldn't, if you said to me, tell me what The Alchemist is, I couldn't tell you. So it must've been a long time ago. So the story is of a shepherd in Andalusia in Spain and a few things happen and he goes in search of his personal legend is what the story says. And mm -hmm. I don't give too much of the story away. You kind of, in trying to create everything you want, you realize that you had it already. But the creation and all the work that you do is still an important part and unnecessary at the same time. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And it just, I mean, I just, it's just one big massive, I don't have an answer. It's just something that I'm noticing that I just wanted to share because it's this paradox that you can't get it without doing the thing, but by doing the thing, you get that you didn't need to do the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I completely agree. Make no mistake, you know, when I first JV'd um, with Ruth, Dare and James, like the biggest thing in the back of my head is like financial freedom, financial freedom, financial freedom. Don't have to work someone else till I'm whatever, 65, 70, etc. Mm. And now, you know, it, it's it's far, far more than that. So, you know, we always, we always talk about, don't we, that, you know, if tomorrow you were, some, you were financially free and you can retire what are you going to do? Because if you're just going to do more of whatever you enjoy doing, you know, in my case, whether it be fishing, watching rugby, cricket and beekeeping, wouldn't take very long until I was exceptionally bored. Mm. Um, and just for clarity, Rob has met, met his financial freedom figure. So he is the first of us to be financially free. Should he choose to be like, 
you don't have to work now if you didn't want to well i had done i mean you could say i met my financial freedom figure of when when i was in like 2014 um but or and i should say you know things have changed now so i've got other things going on different responsibilities oh bigger fucking ass didn't you and had a kid exactly you know, and then and then you've got the scum of the earth chasing you for your gas and electric uh, bills. Then, you know, you've got to find a way of paying that somehow, haven't you? Uh, you know, it so should got, be free, shouldn't it? Got normal people, you know, average people. You got landlords just below that, and then you got debt collection for energy companies. I mean, <laughs> low, isn't it? That's just low. It should should all be free, shouldn't it? People shouldn't have to pay for <laughs> stuff they've used. Should should be the same with food. Should be the same with houses. Toilet roll. Be... Just all free. Yeah. yeah. Mortgage mortgage free. rates. Oh, terrible. Five percent. Oh, that's awful. Oh. Yeah. Outrageous. Outrageous. Yes. Hmm. It is an interesting one. Just that whole. Yeah. Just the dichotomy of it. I mean, from a point of view of, you know even just talking to people about it is interesting because how I talk to people about it now compared to before, I even find myself going, I oh, don't, you don't need to go on the financial freedom journey, but you just need to figure out what your purpose is and what you want to do and do that. And ironically, you can't do that without the psychologically freeing up the, the finances. So, mm-hmm. and just, sorry, just, just on what you said, Ruth, about Rob, Rob's, technically financially free right you've got two hmos of your own rob you guys have got three hmos here plus a property ruth you've still got one as well and Derry, have you still got a rental or did you sell it now you've got two ruth i sold mine there's quite a lot of properties right you sold yours yeah because they wouldn't give planning permission for an hmo was the one in merthyr wasn't it correct yeah and it's like rob you could be financially free but actually you still work three days a week and you're still building. And it, there's something there as well about the, I remember when um, Owen worked. And for those listening, who don't know who Owen is. Owen's my, now is my husband, but at the time he was a client and was going to come in. Well, did come into this group and then we were together. So then it just didn't work. So I, I don't believe in coaching my husband. I'm just like, it <laughs> doesn't work. <laughs> or do you mean he didn't want you to coach him? Well, it's both, right? It's like, it's just not good for marriage. And um, unless it's requested. And um, so this, I remember him because he's got his own property portfolio. And uh, he got to a place where technically he could leave his job. And he didn't, he actually hated his job. And I remember him saying, yeah, but now I know I can leave. I don't hate my job anymore because I know I can leave at any point. So actually, I'm just going to go in and take the money and let it go. You know, like all the stuff that was pissing him off about his job. He just lets it go now because he's like, well, I could walk out tomorrow. I don't care. And it's again, it's another paradox, isn't it? Of like graft, graft, graft enough, enough to actually he could leave a job that he really, you know, I, to say he hates it. That's a bit strong. But, you know, it's not his favorite place to be because he wants to be doing more property stuff. And yet now he knows he can leave. He hasn't. It's just, it's all of that stuff that, I don't know, I don't think you can get that until you go on the journey. You know, for people listening who haven't done that, 
I think we all, to a certain extent, go, no, no, that won't happen to me. No, it'll definitely be like this. And then almost without fail, all the groups that are coming through, that's happening. And if anything, I think in the main, people are almost working harder. I think harder in a smarter way. I don't think it's that, you know, anyone started working 80 hours a week, but I'm not seeing anyone giving up work yet, including myself, right? It's like, I don't have to do this, but I freaking love it, you know? Similar to Owen, I think we all have, through going through this property thing or other things that we take on in life, it creates more choice for us. And then some of us are choosing differently, like we're not doing the same thing as we did before this all started. And then some of us are choosing to do the thing that we thought we didn't want to do anymore, but we're taking it from a position of a positive choice rather than, mm. oh, I have to do this. And the ability to choose, yeah, it makes all the difference in terms of how you enjoyed the thing. Um, mm. And you can do something else as well. Mm. Yeah, it's huge. What, um, what do you think is the biggest... What's the biggest thing you've got out of the last five years individually? So I can tell you I wouldn't do it if it wasn't for these guys. Like with, with all the stuff that we each do and all the stuff that each person brings and the stuff that the other guys do, there's no way <laughs> I would never do it. <laughs> I don't know how people do it. I don't know how anyone does it on their own. I really don't. Uh, like if they've got like a day job as well, how you like do everything that needs to be done and manage it all on your own. I don't know. Cause mm. you know, if we didn't have these guys doing their bits, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't do them. Like if these guys all left tomorrow, I would rather get someone to replace all of everything they do and take much longer to get where we're going than have mm. to do it myself. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot it's of the, work. It's the power of the group is the main thing for me. Yeah. And did you expect that at the beginning? Um. I think at the beginning it was kind of suck it and see because you know like apart from meeting Ruth briefly once I hadn't met the other guys um you know you had one other group that like, I don't know if we'd even talked about that um so it was it was very much kind of the unknown and mm. kind of see see what happens right but then like we've said we put everything in place to see to manage the risk and everything and to know what we were doing mm. and you know God bless Ruth and, and Rob for putting in putting in a property and the money to fix it up to get us going, mm. and then I said, uh, like, I mean, I speak for myself, right? That was that was proof that it could work and that we could work together. Um, mm. And I dare say the same is true for the other guys as well, right? Mm. Mm. Rob, um, I get yeah. I think one of the biggest things that I've got is that other people have different opinions to myself. So I'm very, yeah, I've always been very much like, well, no, that's what I think, and that's that's how it is, isn't it? So, uh, you know, I've kind of slain a few people over the years doing that one. Um, 
so it's really good out in um the other guys in jr and yourself and you know the wider community you're all part of you know mm. to have that feedback and to listen to what experiences everyone else has got going on and it's really grounding for me which is hugely hugely valuable um and a little bit you know like i said earlier is that you know my initial thought was like just getting financially free and it's about the money for me and then i could leave the day job that i've been in for um you know sort of 18 19 years and actually it's you know it's now much more than that it's about you know kind of in so hmos often providing a a starting block for people that may have moved to an area or they've left their you know the mum and dads or whatever or they split up with someone or whatever their whatever their story is really you know it's about providing great quality housing that works for them um you know and sometimes the best part of being a landlord is when you have a tenant move on and they're like we've bought our house which i've had in the last sort of 18 months someone else got married um and moved in with their um their husband things like that that's that's you know that's a really big part of it and um, for me now and and that's a that's a huge mind set change for me as well um mm. so you know it's it's about you know you know i suppose some people would be like you kind of hinted out earlier like oh these greedy bloody landlords making loads of money rah 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 whatever your, your version is of that and um that's not uh that's not always the case a bit like james said you know 99 percent of people that work in banks aren't the ones that screw the financial system or you know you're trying to make a cheap buck off you they're just doing a job mm. trying yeah. to help out whatever it is they're they're doing so yeah yeah i guess um yeah having having everyone around me mm. um, and another another voice mm. to, to to listen to and uh help out and keep me keep me grounded mm. calm me down <laughs> as uh, these guys will testify <laughs> calming me down is a very uh, a very useful attribute for other people to have so thank you very much mm, mm, mm. ruth what about you what did you think you were going to get and what did you actually get i don't know what i thought i was going to get I, I think I wanted life to be easier. But so there are multiple things. I, I'm not frightened of money anymore. I used to be frightened of money or I used to bury my head and not face up to it. And, um, you know, some basic stuff that you've taught us. Uh, so I take much more financial responsibility now. But that's kind of by the by, really. It's kind of, it's like you say, that that bit is really useful yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's not the most important thing so I feel like I've got more family like I, mm -hmm. these guys feel like family uh, you know it's I'm really excited about going to Derry's wedding later in the year and like it feels like a family wedding to me um and I really feel like I've got more people that have got my back in a, in a really grounded way I you know I genuinely love these guys mm -hmm. um so that's huge that's that's just amazing and and i include you in that alex um yeah. and and i feel alive for doing it actually i think like 
I, I really didn't want to be here this evening. I'm really tired. I've had a really tough weekend. And um, I really wanted to go to bed, actually. And, um, you know, I spend time with all you guys and I feel alive again. And I, I think the fact that we're up to something, it's important to me to be up to something in my life. And I think us being up to something as a group and supporting each other to be up to something in the rest of our lives. Um, all of those things are invaluable to me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, that that whole that being up to something and finding a finding a tribe, isn't it? And finding other people that are up for it and supporting and that whole and you know, and I get it back as well, although I facilitate you guys, you know, consider you guys you know, some of my best friends, like the community's freaking epic. I mean, doing that two day summit together in January, you know, and, and hanging out for two days, albeit we were, you know, doing exercises and work and everything, but it's like, I kind of used to joke that when I first got financially free, there was fucking nobody to hang out with. Like there's a level to which this business <laughs> exists because of that. And I kind of say it jokingly. And at the same time, it's true. Cause it's not, it's not a normal path to go down that, that, that finding, you know, being able to be in a room of people like we were in January as what 30 of us of people who take responsibility, don't blame anyone else for their situation, own the shit out of all the stuff that's happened to, you know, each and every one of us and a fucking there. Like, you know, there's something about having people just, they just, we're all there for each other. You know, if some, if one of us was struggling, we're all there. And it's I, like I, magic. I, I've got a really great example of that. So in, in our WhatsApp group with the wider community the other day, I made some flippant comment about trying to persuade my husband to do something. And, and there were a couple of people straight there with, yeah. um, uh, sorry, I've, just in my speaking, I've forgotten the term that said, make a stand, enroll. Enroll. enroll him, enroll him. And just so we've got a bunch of people and they get it. So I didn't feel criticized. Like yeah. it was a flippant throwaway comment that I hadn't thought through. But everybody came back in such a supportive way, yeah. changed my language, like simply flipping a word, yeah. transform my day. In fact, transformed the conversations I then had with my husband so he and I are creating something different whereas I'd been floundering kind of going how can I persuade him to do this now now we are both in creation and if it yeah. hadn't been for this community understanding how to stand by one another and support one another that change in language wouldn't have given me the access I have to a completely different creation with my husband Mm. that's really powerful yeah yeah no, i think i think there's really important that really links into mental health as well in that all i'd say to people is you know is if you've got stuff going on for you share it because mm. if you just if you don't and you keep it to yourself no matter how big or small it is it's just going to keep bubbling away potentially you know, um, and, and Ruth, by just, you know, sharing what was going on for you and having that that little word flip or feedback obviously made a, made a, made a big difference, I guess. 
Well, and I suspect that we'll never know how much of a difference it made to everyone else who was watching that trail because it reminded everyone to stop trying to get your partners, if you've got a partner, to do what you want them to do and be on team with them and create something together. So even in the, even if it wasn't like Ruth, you got loads from it. And I suspect everyone did because this whole world of human beings trying to persuade other human beings to do what they want them to do versus being on team and being together. That reminder to all of us is just, it's invaluable. And we all thought we were here to do property, you know? And it's like, oh, actually our marriages are better now. <laughs> I never I never try and make my wife do anything that she wouldn't want to. No, no. Stop. Are you sure about that, Rob? Oh, absolutely, 100%. So. <laughs> Hi, Vanity. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And um, where are you all going next? What's, we haven't heard what Derry's going. Derry! <laughs> um, thank you, Ruth. Uh, so for me, I think it's just having these guys and, well, you as well, Alex, around me and the impact that that has had. So as some of us may remember, I showed up when we were having meetings or calls or whatever, and I brought like the darkest, dirtiest part of myself that just belonged in a gutter when I needed help. And then also it's very useful in creating something big and powerful and the good things that I want to create for my life and for the world as well. And then there's also the bit in between where there's just things to get done. And if it wasn't for having this group and the whole setup around me, there's a lot of bad things that have made me just walk away from general stuff in life. I don't think I'd be trying to create a lot of the stuff I'm trying to create now. And then specifically in terms of property and just creating something, I, I would have just given up. Like things happen and then there's a difficulty and there's a choice. And if it wasn't for these three guys and you, Alex, or guys, I use it without gender. Um, yeah, I would have walked away. So just being part of this and part of something, that's been huge for me. And that's created so much other good positive things for me it's so funny the difference between um how we see ourselves and how other people see us isn't it because I, I i see you Derry, is <coughs> like so powerful you do so much yeah um, and you just show up and like even it's even in this like you're quite quiet a lot of the time and then you'll just come out with one thing that's so powerful um mm. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember any of your rubbish. I have to say, I only, I only remember the powerful stuff you've done. Mm. Well, thank you very much for that, Ruth. <laughs> that's the I thing, isn't it? We think our stuff's real, really dark, and then actually, no one remembers it. And and I think the other thing to say, just on share, just on like what, just to pick up on what you said, Rob, about you know, find it like find people people to share with where there's a common value and a common shared interest. And we like the difference is I think here's everyone's got each other's backs. Like no, you know, there's there's just there's no if but maybe on that. You know, and in both ways, not just with you guys with each other and me with you. It's like you guys with me and then, you know, like you said, you know, even on the WhatsApp thread with, you know, the larger kind of, you know, with the groups of groups. And um, I think for anyone listening, it's it's really important to find a tribe and find people that you resonate with and find people like we fucking hold each other to a higher account. You know, like when we don't want to do something we're like, no, come on. You know, like Derry, you said there's the bit in the middle where there's just shit that needs to get done. And actually, sometimes we just need people to go, 
just get it done. Come on. Or, you know, it's that, that whole thing of you become who you hang around with. It's like, everyone's always like, what are we doing next? I think that's the thing that's, that's amazed me the most in this journey that, you know, it was just unexpected. I didn't set out really to get to, to where we are now. I had a kind of idea of where I wanted to get, but there's a lot of stuff that's come out of just that expansion and holding each other to a higher, bigger. It's like, we always see each other of what's possible. There's never a, oh, so-and-so's done that again. You know, it's that, it's that like having people around us that are like, come on, you can do more, you can do better, you can do better, you can do whatever you want. What's your game? We'll support you. You can, you can choose whatever game in the world you want and we're all in. There's something magic about finding that, finding a group of people who are like that together and, and playing full out. And I use the word game and play because I think it's, it is, you know, ultimately money's all bloody made up anyway. It's not even fucking worth anything anymore. I mean, Jesus, if you listen to rich dad, poor dad, these days speaking, he's literally like, it's all fake. It's all made up. Money's not real. Um, but let's not go down that rabbit hole tonight. But, you know, ultimately it is a game and we are very privileged to, to have landed in the country that we've landed with the level of wealth that we have in comparison to the rest of the world. And it's like, I kind of feel like we owe it to the world to play full out and be the best we can be and help as many people as we can help and, and do it, enjoy it. Not, not, like, not like that's a burden, but in the way of us having fun and doing what we love doing and by doing that then... You know, like you, you said, Ruth, it, it ripples out, right? It just it keeps on going. So it is. Here's it's a question awesome. for you then, Alex. We can do it this way, right? Yeah. I basically, if James English hadn't called his podcast Anything Goes, and I'd have thought of it first, I think <laughs> I'd have called by that. But he did um, it first. So, so you, you're a few groups in now, and now we've got more, I think, a sense of community. So I've always had an interest in who's in the other groups because I, I know I've known a few of them like not not that many like individuals within groups but not everyone in the groups I've had an interest in how are they doing and what are they doing not necessarily to chase the shiny strategy that somebody else is doing but just see what's happening what's going on and I think just recently now we've got much more of a sense of community like between the groups mm. so I think that's partly due to like you bringing us all together, just like for, for the sheet, just to cope with the scale of what you're doing. But have have you seen like a change in kind of the groups and the community and what you're doing and what people are doing? Maybe a better question would be: Have you seen a change in like the earlier groups compared to like the ones that started? Because just obviously by mashing loads of groups together, suddenly you've got a community. I wonder if mm. it's different for the guys that are starting now. I think so. I think, there's a, I think there's a whole world of, you know, you guys being in Leadership Mastermind now. So like the four older groups are all together and then there's the new JP groups and the people in Mission Mastermind are kind of together on a workshop every month. And there's the, 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 the place where I really got it, was, which was brilliant, was Hazel from Igloo, who've been on this podcast. Her saying, sorry about the dog barking. Um, her saying, so I think I think it was Lena who's in Mission Mastermind from with with Get Out Retreats. It was it was Lena or it was someone who's much newer into the community. 
kind of saying to Hazel, like, oh, you're the big kids. But Hazel doesn't think she's the big kid. She thinks she's like, hasn't got a clue and doesn't know what she's doing, even though they've got 12 rent to rent deals and doing more. And like their business is ridiculous. It turns over, fuck, I don't even, 400 grand a year or something. And she's kind of in her world. She doesn't think that what they're doing is a big deal. And, and, and when we were all together in January and someone saying that to her, when actually she was getting nervous about coming into workshops with you guys, because you guys are the big kids, it's that reflection back and people realizing how far they've come and people coming in newly realizing what's possible and just that level of support kind of back and forth. But there's something, there's something, I. I don't know if I can explain it. It's something that's it's not very tangible, but that, you know, a bit like what Ruth was saying on the WhatsApp group, where everyone's just for each other. It's not just, it's no longer JR Board are for each other with me. It's like JR Board are for Jam and SSLGJ and Forge and, you know, and all of the Igloo and all of the groups and for the people coming through. And there's even, you know, there are people who are in Mission Mastermind investing with, the groups, that kind of thing. So there's there's for sure a power that I just, it's almost inconceivable. And it's like that whole one plus one equals seven type thing. You know, like that putting people together and that energy and support. And there's meetings going on now that I'm just like, where the fuck did that come from? You know, we talked about creating constellations within the community of people who were kind of aligned. So uh, yesterday, I think it was on mission, John and Wayne, and Luther are having a meeting about setting up a company. And, you know, it's kind of like there's just all these spin-off support groups. So it's like Wayne and John and Luther are in different groups. Well, John and Luther are together, but Wayne's in a different group. And it's like there are subgroups of groups happening now that are just nothing, you know, I'm not involved in. I haven't set it up. I haven't introduced people. People are just it, – it's become – it's become bigger than any one of us. It's become its own thing. And that, I think that's magic. And I now spend my time daydreaming about what's possible. And especially, you know, speaking, because you're on this call, James, with with doing the, like, the legacy, you know, I, I, I do think of you as James Legacy Richardson, because I believe there is a whole world of what we can do with education and people doing you know money mastermind and joint venture and following their dreams and doing mission and all that not about my business but about whatever it is that we're creating with people that's giving them the space to follow their dreams and in a world where you're told you can do anything but most people believe that life's really hard and they can't do anything that's that's really magical to to be able to be in that space, it's pretty, I'm, it's fucking scary. I'm not gonna lie. It's like, I'm like, fuck, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck do I do now? You know, <laughs> like, just, you know, like literally today, I, I've onboarded, I think, another 20 people into our community who have stayed on. And every year I go, oh, just a couple of people will stay on, and then like 20 people stay on. And then I'm going, what the fuck do I do now? And at the same time, it gets easier because then everyone's everyone's all in and helping each other and supporting each other. So it's I, I think it's magic. Um, and there's there's something about stickability as well for me. 
like you guys stuck it out. And, you know, we can talk about all the successes. And yes, there are seven JV groups and there's a load of people in Mission Mastermind. There's lots of JV groups that are no longer. I think it's important to say that at this point. And there's something about, for me, stickability. The difference between the groups that made it and the groups that didn't is stickability. You know, the fact that you just kept going, even when you thought it might not work or you wanted to leave or it was going too slow. I think that's the biggest thing that all groups deal with in this is they think it's going too slow. But actually, I think going too fast is more dangerous than going too slow. Um, you know, things that go too fast tend to explode, whereas things that go too slow, you've got to do a bit of work to stick in it. But actually, when you stick in it, off, you know, off you go. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. But it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's unfathomable. And I do wake up some days thinking, fuck, this is amazing. What have I done? <laughs> Other days going, fuck, what have I done? <laughs> what do I do next? This is a big, it feels like a big responsibility. And at the same time, it feels like I'm no longer required. It's a, it's a very, again, paradoxical thing. Mm. Yeah. And and just magic and and what you know doing this podcast and pe like there's a there's a stickability and attraction to for anyone listening going oh wow how do you like get to that point where you've got community and groups of groups it's like just to go backwards we started in 2017 you know it's been six years and we keep going you know and I've kept going and you guys have kept going and the groups have kept going and everyone keeps showing up and um. There's, there's something for me about, I've not done that prior. You know, I had 17 years as a chef career, but I moved every couple of years to another restaurant. So whilst I got very good at cooking, I didn't ever stick around in any of the businesses I started long enough to, re you know, it's almost like when they started getting really successful and I had to employ loads of people, I'd run the fuck away because it was way too much dealing with loads of people. So I'd be like, I'd be gone. I'd be out of there. Catering company, really successful. I've got to employ more than three people out of necessity, gone. You know, running a pub, same, went from three employees to 18 and then went, fuck this, too much. Um, there's something for me about if we all just stick around long enough and keep doing the bits that are working and stop doing the things that aren't, magic happens. And if we apply that over decades, when we've done what we've done in six years, it's, it's just magic. So it's a it's a massive honor and privilege to be on the journey with you. I don't feel like I'm I feel like I'm on the journey with you. I don't ever feel like I've got all the answers and I'm just saying, hey, let's just do this. Yeah. So that makes it fun <laughs> and interesting. Hmm. So what about you guys? What what do you what do you you know, you've made some comments about like money's, you're not scared about money anymore. Money's not as big a deal as you thought it might be. You're all still actually working and side hustling and doing, you know, loads of projects. What, um, where does it end? What, like, when do you stop? Because that's, I think, what people will ask. When Who's you pulling face? <laughs> well, <laughs> So I know that, right? But I want to hear you guys say it in your own words. And for those who are listening, not watching, Ruth just pulled a face at me like, what the fuck are you talking about, Alex? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what people think. They're like, well, when are you done? When are you going to retire? It's financial freedom, isn't it? When are you going to go and drink margaritas on the beach? And it's like, yeah, die creating big stuff, right? But 
as soon as humanly possible. What dying or <laughs> no drinking uh, drinking pints of beer at the cricket, <coughs> which is my version of margaritas on the beach, by the way. Yeah, and it isn't your truth either, Rob. No, nah, I'd much rather a gin and tonic, to be fair. Mm. <laughs> don't know. I don't. I I can only answer himself, obviously, but I don't know. Yeah. When does it? When does it end? When does it finish? I guess we'll find out when, if and when we reach that point. Really, just mm. we're on a journey. We've got, you know, we've got our sort of next kind of year planned out in kind of what we want to do. Um. And and you know and it and it changes you know we've we've kind of had you know twelve month or three year plans previously and looked at what we're going to do and by when and things and and it evolves all the time and initially probably after the first sort of twelve eighteen months I was like you know like I hinted at earlier I was like God this is moving too slowly for what I thought and how I wanted etc and almost beating myself up a little bit and thinking bloody hell come on let's go let's go let's go mm. and now it's just you know it's just part of the journey it's like mm, it's not it's not all about how quick you get somewhere you know without being too cliche you know it's the, what you learn on the way and what you get up to and do so yeah i don't, I don't know I don't know we'll just keep going mm. keep getting properties and renting them out and helping others and yeah see what see what comes from it and what does retirement mean to you rob like if someone said well yeah but when are you going to retire yeah i don't know so that yeah that's that's the game for me really this year is to like look at what's next for me mm. um so you know, I've got a few hobbies and there's things that I like doing and want to do more of and stuff that I want to do less of. And I don't know. Don't know there's you know, there's there's something else. There's something else there. There's like a you know, a call in for me mm. if you like. Mm. That I don't know what it is. Mm. Um yet. Mm. And it's implicit in what you said, but to be explicit about it, what you didn't say was, by the time I'm X years old, I'm going to hang up my hat and get a pipe and slippers and sit in an armchair, right? Like the, you, When I, I said, well, what does retirement mean? You're like, well, I'm looking for my calling. Like, I'm going to do stuff. You know, I'm going to be yeah. out there. You didn't, you didn't talk about, and I, you know, I just want to kind of underline that for people. It's like this idea of retirement is, I, I feel like it's outdated in today's, society where we're, we're not doing jobs that knocker us out and we spend the last 10 20 years of our lives you know gardening or whatever the thing is that we've spent our entire work lives dreaming to do yeah yeah no you know and i said earlier is that um you know i like to be on the go and keep myself occupied so the whole thought of i don't know spending all day in the garden or Something equally as boring like watching paint dry just does not light me up. Even though you have a very nice garden with a beautiful view. Just to be clear as well to people listening who don't know your garden, it's bloody lovely. Yeah. 
Well, I did. I did chop a foot off the hedge yesterday, so we could see more of the fields beyond. Mm. Does that does that count as gardening? Chainsawing, pruning yeah. something, pruning yeah. something at the bottom with a chainsaw is my manly idea. gardening. I call that. Yeah. Or butchering. Cool. Yeah. What about you, Ruth? I don't. I I don't know why we'd stop. Like, and I, you know, you don't know what's around the corner, but I can't. I'm not sure what the point of stopping would be. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, because because like I I think I th I could imagine my life balance is changing and doing a bit less of some stuff and a bit more of others, but I can't imagine not wanting to do this. I can't like we there'll be stuff that we'll have managed in the future. But I can't imagine wanting to stop creating. Mm. Um, and who knows? Like I, I like the the being alive and being up to something. This provides for me. That this keeps me connected. So being part of this group keeps me connected to my desire to be up to something. Mm. Um, and I can't imagine not doing that. I mean, like I've just started a master's degree because I've kind of gone. Oh, I'm 55. Let's do something for fun. So, you know, that that kind of is is the start of the next decade for me. So that's how I want to live my life. Mm. Mm. Yeah. There's something about taking out, I think when there's a retirement and a deadline, something about taking that that timing out. It, we've got a long bloody time on this planet, right? I mean, we we joke and I don't joke about living to 140 and dying in a snowboarding accident. The access that gives me is I've got 98 years left on the planet. <laughs> and if I could do this in six years, fucking hell, what are you going to do in 60 years? Like what's possible is massive. It sort of expands time rather than goes, oh, it's not much time left. It's just a, it's another world, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Derry? I think similar to what Robin Rook said, I don't know if there is an end point or a goal where I'll ever want to stop or anything like that. I have noticed that I'm getting hungrier to do the, the bigger houses, the bigger deals, the more interesting, more involved things. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking more about not necessarily speeding up, but playing a bigger game, I think might be a better way to put it. Mm. And life's priorities do change, and there might be a time when you know, it is about choosing smaller things within this group to enable or make space for something else. But I think that's a long way off in the future. And I think there's a lot of fun to be had before we get to that point. Mm. 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 Yeah. Yeah, and there's something about, you know, like you say, it, this last HMO you've done, it's just been very simple. You know, it's just got, it feels, I mean, I get that you guys have done a lot of hard work. I don't want to diminish the fact that you have also all done the work and behind the scenes, James, you're dealing with, I don't know if you're still dealing with the shit show of receipts that these guys used to give you that I used to see handed over in the workshop. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's a bit more automated now and it's uploaded and all the rest of it, but you know, it's still work, but it's not the same as it used to be. So there is going to be that let's do a bigger deal. Let's do stuff. And there's something about ramping up, which SSLGJ are kind of slightly ahead of you in that, you know, HMO, 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 then bought a company with 31 flats in it. And it's like that, like that ramp up where slow, 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 slow. Oh, just bought 31 units in one deal. And again, 
shit ton of work, negative equity, going to be a few years of unbelievable refurbs and all the rest of it. It's not, you know, it's not as peachy as it sounds when it just trips off the tongue. 31 units for 60 grand they put down originally, and it's going to cost them several hundred thousand to sort that portfolio out. But yeah, there's definitely something in, there's an interesting thing that I see happen where groups, you know, you get good, you get good, you get good, and then boom, you're just just doing deals that are just a, just the next level. Um, so then it kind of does, it, it happens faster because of that. And it does make me laugh when we talk about having fun and uh, we get up at 6 or 6.30 on a Monday morning to have a meeting. Like, like, like we do, we have, we have, not we have on that one. I think if I didn't, I think, look, I think if I didn't have kids, I think you might have got me on that one, but having <laughs> or young kids, I should say. Um, yeah. You know, but that's the thing, isn't it? Like, you guys' version of fun is meeting at 6.30 on a Monday morning to get shit done. So, you know, the property business is taken care of. It's a bit like Owen and I joked before we had Charlie and Rupert and we could drive around on a Friday evening because we didn't have small children that needed to be, you know, we need to be responsible for. And we'd go and like drive past houses that were for sale or go into one of the houses he was refurbing and look at the kitchen or something, you know, it's like that. And, and one of the houses that he owns is literally opposite a pub. So we'd be going in on a Friday night into the house to like look at the kitchen or something. And, and, and there'd just be, it, the pub would be absolutely rammed to the rafters of every girl one getting smashed on a Friday night. And it's like, what's your fun? You know, it's, it's different for everyone, isn't it? So, um, hmm. James? James, Legacy Richardson, no pressure with well, the name. Yeah, well, well, I mean, I wasn't really joking when I said I'm going to die. Um, and he keeps saying on the planet as well. I mean, by that time, yeah, retire to Mars, maybe? I don't know. Um, but James, but, I go on holiday to Fourth Call. It's forty-five minutes away, and you're trying to say to me to go to Mars. Like, give me a break. <laughs> it'll be it'll be an everyday thing by the time you're in your by the time you're a centenarian. <laughs> if you can make it that I can, you know, like Star Wars or Star Trek, I don't know which one it is, where they like beam me up and then mm. I'm there immediately. I'm all in, but otherwise, I, it's not going to happen. Not in its current state. Elon Musk is going to have to step it up a bit to get me enrolled. Yeah, I don't think that's coming in our lifetimes, unfortunately. But, but possibly a trip is coming within our lifetimes. Mm. Um, so, like for me, and and some of like particularly with some of the stuff we've been talking about recently, and and what the guys have touched on about like how the business is run, is why would you not just keep going, and why would you not do? not necessarily bigger things, but different things. It's like you were saying with Wayne and the other guys and the whole community we've got and the things that we could create between us. Um, you know, there's, there's like loads and loads of scope, right? I mean, you can just, just keep it going and going. And, you know, two of the four of us have got kids. So there's potentially legacy planning. Um, yeah, so... Just keep going, right? I mean, eventually I'll stop. Legacy planning, even if you haven't got kids. I used to find legacy planning harder when I didn't have kids because before I had kids, there was a chance that, you know, like my clock was fucking ticking. Let's be honest. I was 38 and 40 when I had my kids, right? It was like, it was touch and go. And I found legacy planning harder without kids. And I was seriously looking into it, right? Because I'm like, I've got a bloody property portfolio. What the fuck am I going to do with it when I'm gone? And it's like, 
legacy planning is important either way, right? It's like if you haven't got kids, it's actually harder because it's like, well, who are you going to leave it to? What do you actually want your legacy to be? And I even went down the road of looking into charities and charities are like, we don't want a property portfolio. We'll sell it and have the cash. And I was like, I'm fucking not working all this time to do that. Have the income. So, you know, there's an argument to say it's even more complicated, right? If you haven't got kids. Yeah. Well, I'll just wrap it all up and fuck off to Mars. <laughs> cool. So what I'm getting from this is we're all going to die doing what we're doing and life's epic and fun and we get to choose which is you know that's kind of a cool message to leave with people especially if anyone's listening to this going i hate my job i'm not in a relationship or i'm in a relationship that i don't think is working and i don't feel like i've got any choice and i don't think any of us could say that we haven't been there in some form in our lifetimes do you know what i mean it's not like we've always had this attitude that we have now you know we've 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 been through and again, we're not going to do a three-hour podcast. I'm like, oh, my God, it's nine o'clock. It's so bedtime. My body is literally going, why is there a bright light on in front of me <laughs> it's at nine o'clock at night? But it's like... Is that the, uh, is that the one shining off my head? <laughs> I knew you'd get a dad joke in. No, it's the one shining in my face so that um, the lighting works for this podcast. Um. You know, without going into all of the stories of where we've all come from, like we've all had our fair share of shit. Do you know what I mean? It's not like life's always been peachy and easy and we've always just gone, yeah, we're going to do property and we'll live our dreams and anything's possible. You know, there's 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 been our, we've all had our fair share of, of shit to deal with and responsibility taking to do and all the rest of it. So um, I'm just, I think it's important to say that. So for anyone listening going, oh, it's all right for you guys. You got life, you know, you got life down. It's all good for you. It's like, uh, 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 there's, you know, we, we could go into it. We're not going to tonight, but, you know, really what, if people are listening to this, like wherever you're at, what's possible is amazing. And actually I would say in a fairly short space of time, you know, if you're on team, if you're on team and if you're up for it, you know, you guys have been dogged in going after it. And, uh, what's possible is amazing. So, um, yeah. But if you want to go think... fast, go on your own, right? And if you want to go far, go on your team. Yeah. And yeah, and the whole going fast thing, it's like, is it really ever fast? I don't know. I don't know that it is. But yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you alluded to earlier, Rob, you said, oh, it's a bit of a cliche, but it's like that whole journey thing, it, it's a cliche because it's fucking true, which is why it's a cliche, right? It's like, it really is the journey. And I think, you know, it, 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 there's knowing that intellectually. And then there's like, actually, I feel like you guys know that now. And I feel like I really know that now. It's like, actually, let's take the time. Let's, you know, it's almost like, I can't remember who it was I heard talk about it, but have mini retirements along the way, not, you know, wait for 40 years and then retire and die. It's like actually doing the mini breaks and the mini retirements and the mini holidays and, you know, living life as we're on the journey rather than constantly trying to get somewhere that we think will make us happy and then go, fuck, that didn't make me happy. Now what? So, um, yeah. It's nine o'clock, folks. I think it's a good time to wrap this up and set the, you know, like, let's do this again in a couple of years. It's, you know, magic. I, in a couple of years, what's happened since? <sighs> 
Well, the mini retirement's just landed for Derry. I saw it all over his face. So in two years' time, we'll be we'll be talking all about what Derry's mini retirements have looked like en route. I was still <laughs> on the beach with those margaritas. <laughs> Get them in now before the kids happen, Derry. Yeah. <laughs> and and take them with you, right? I've seen some people doing some cool shit with kids as well. Yeah. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure and an honour, as always, to hang out with you guys. And I doubly thank you for showing up at this god-awful time of the evening to have bright lights shining in your face and, um, you know, be doing this kind of stuff when really we're all like, all our body clocks are going, it's time for bed, because that's what we normally do. Um, so thank you all for being on and thank you for sharing your story and thank you for sharing your journeys. And um, I have it that you're all very approachable and I was going to say stalkable on social media. You're probably not actually in the main, but you know, if anyone has listened to this and has got questions or wants to ask any of us anything, like do reach out. We're all around. I think my mobile phone number's on my bloody website for God's sake. You know, it's like, we're all here. Um, so if you are listening to this and you're struggling or you're inspired or, you know, you, you've got a question or you want to know more about anything in particular, just send me a message, reach out to any, I'm giving everyone permission to reach out to you guys. I, you can block. Yeah. Them. You can find me on social media. My live next week. It's all Boom. You can tell the self-employed ones amongst us, can't you? And then yeah, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't call me. I've got a job. I don't, I don't need to speak to people. <laughs> With that, um, like, they'll yeah. find uh, the other James Richardson. <laughs> yeah they will <laughs> oh brilliant it's been a pleasure thank you for listening who's been listening live and also you know when you when you listen to this recorded and again like comment share subscribe do all of that stuff that has us shared more so that you can be inspired too good night everybody thanks for listening night night bye, -bye. bye.